Hi, I'm Wes. It's Wednesday the 10th of April 2013 and in today's episode I'm joined by Kaylin O'Neill from Travel Yourself and Jeremy Jones from Living the Dream RTW and we are talking about immersion travel and if you can actually be truly immersed while traveling um, the Samoan Air and how they're charging by weight not seats on their flights and also about a partnership between Amadeus and UNICEF uh, to raise money for UNICEF all this and more coming up and we're glad to have you joining us for another episode of the Wes Wonders podcast Hi, this is Wes, um, and this is another Wes Wanders podcast. Um, joining me today is Kaylin O'Neill from Travel Yourself and Jeremy Jones from Living the Dream RTW. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. And yourself? Uh, it's going well. It's early. But <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> yeah. It's almost midnight for me, guys. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Um, I don't want to either, so I probably won't. <laughs> slack. <laughs> That's so mean, Kaylin. Why? Um, so those that listened to last episode um, will remember Jeremy because he was on the last episode. Um, so give us a rundown of what's happened since then, Jeremy. Yeah. So if you listen to the last episode, you remember I announced us going on a 14 to 18 month trip, uh, and that I hadn't announced anywhere else on our website yet. And it's just giving it out as a teaser here. Um, well, it turns out there was a rumor going around at my office that I was leaving to go travel and, my boss ended up listening to this podcast and finding out about it and uh, asked me about it at my annual review. So the secret is now out at my work, and uh, everyone knows that I'm leaving in six weeks. <laughs> so I was going to wait and put my two weeks notice in, but I had to put my six weeks notice in. And uh, so, yeah, look for the announcement to be next Wednesday rather than uh, a couple more weeks from now. So we're going to have a few great posts coming up this week to announce our, our upcoming trip. Awesome. Yay. Um, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Worked out well though. For anyone that yeah, is yeah, listening. Yeah. It's about case. the best that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> So how about you, Kaylin? It's been, what, six weeks since you've been on the podcast? Possibly. I think it's about <laughs> that. <laughs> What's been happening up your um, way? Not much. The snow, I hope, think, is hopefully gone. <laughs> um, I was in Cuba last week for a nice little vacation, which was awesome. And I'm heading to Jordan next week with G Adventures. And I'm going to Hawaii in May. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. Um, Jordan, that's the Indiana Jones T 
temple in the wall, isn't it? The Petra. Yeah. Um, the, the, the temple with the monastery carved out of the rock and everything. Yeah. Should yeah, be it's pretty awesome. Exciting. It's so cool. I went there a couple years ago. It, I've already been telling Caitlin off, uh, offline on, on Facebook about how awesome Jordan is. Probably one of the top three places I've ever been to. I plan on having the Indiana theme, the Andy Jones theme song play during my whole trip. So. Wait, are you going to get a Yo, fedora? When you walk down. Maybe. Maybe in a whip, too. <laughs> when you say that? When you, uh, when you walk down the sea going to the treasury and you get the iconic Indiana Jones view, there'll probably be somebody next to you recording it on video going, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's what I plan on doing. <laughs> well, you won't, you won't be alone. It's, uh, I was there wearing an Indiana Jones fedora and I have the last name Jones. And, oh, yeah, true. I, 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 I went there. <laughs> Jeremy Jones. <laughs> Really can't do it. Did you take a satchel with you? No, no, it was uh, in August and 100 and some degrees Fahrenheit or 40 something Celsius and it was way too hot for anything else. Were you else riding a horse? Did you walk in or ride a donkey or horse or something? I walked in, but you could get a horse. It's only about one and a half kilometers walk, I think. It's, it's not Indiana that bad. Indiana did it on a horse. He came back on a horse. Uh, yeah. He got there by a tank. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll have to rewatch that before I go away. <laughs> he, he rides a tank off a cliff, and then he just magically appears at the temple. No, but there's a scene where him and Sean Connery are like on horses and they're coming up to the treasury. Yeah, I think that's when they're leaving. Although I could be wrong. Maybe I should watch it again. I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, I think we need to have a homework assignment, and then after she gets back after the next podcast, we'll talk about it. Yeah. I'll just reenact the whole movie while I'm there. <laughs> I feel sorry for any German tourists. <laughs> Why? Oh, no. oh, I... Yeah. <laughs> Too far? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I, I do want to go there, though. Um... It does look awesome. That's on my to-do list at some point. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose we'll, we'll jump into the first story. Um, it was brought to us by um, Jeremy Foster, uh, who um, he tried to connect to this podcast recording, but he was having troubles, um, so he had to leave. Um, but we're going to run with the story anyway. Um, and uh, it's about immersion travel. And the, the story that or the um, article that he bought is um, about how uh, people go traveling, but they don't really immerse themselves in the culture. They just kind of um, go to a country, visit it real quick, and then off they go again. Um, so yeah, what do you, you guys read the story, didn't you? What do you think about what this guy's saying? I I I I'm uh, in agreeing with everything. The uh, the article did make the the good point that the the tour companies like to advertise themselves as immersion travel, but it's just a buzzword that they like to throw around. 
but uh, I was I was more attracted to the comments where people were talking about how the author's been living in uh, I think it was Chile for a couple of years and they don't think that they've been immersed but they the people in the comments actually pointed out that they, the author meant being assimilated rather than immersed I think after a long period like two months you actually or two years you actually are getting immersed but you just haven't adapted to the culture yet but that's different than what the article was talking about I didn't see the article I don't think I got the show notes <laughs> nice <laughs> but I agree <laughs> yeah well um, yes so this guy was saying that he's been in Chile for two years um, and you know he still doesn't feel immersed but I don't know, like, some places I think you can feel immersed more quickly than others. But I don't know, I think maybe that's just me. if you're there for two years, well, if you're there for two years, you have to be, and he's just denying it, or he's, he's not immersed in the way he would like to be. Like, maybe he's not friends with a lot of locals, doesn't know a lot of customs. But and if you're living there, you know the way the city works, you know how to get from A to B, you know where the best food is to buy and things like that. I think that's all part of being immersed, so... I think you'd be immersed within a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be, that is. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it depends on the person, because you could be living there and not want to go outside. It could could have take two years. Maybe that's his problem. Never leaves the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the purpose of the article was uh, kind of going through the, the fast-guided tours where some companies are trying to advocate immersion travel. And the, the point was you, you can't be immersed in a tour if you're only there for three days. It's still a guide showing you something. I think for true immersion to happen, you have to get past all the tourist and popular things and really start discovering local stuff on your own. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, because, you know, how, how immersed can you be when you've got yeah, 10 other tourists standing around you taking photos. However, I will say that taking tours when you first get to a place is the best way to get your bearings and figure a place out and to learn about it. Well, definitely. <laughs> but, you know, I spent, you know, say a week in Chiang Mai or a week in Paris. I don't say that I, I'm immersed in either of those places. I, yeah. I'm a, I know a lot about them, but, yeah. You know, until I know my local neighborhood and my my favorite market and my favorite uh, coffee shop and things like that, you know, I'm still just a, a tourist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> so I, I think what we can take out of it is uh, what takes less than two years to get immersed most of the time but more than three days yes <laughs> yeah. if you're looking to get immersed with a, a guided tour you're probably going to be disappointed or ha- leaving with a understanding that is not immersion <laughs> yeah you can see the culture and experience some of it but you wouldn't be immersed in it no. Yeah, and, and you don't need to be immersed in a place. I mean, it's a nice feeling to have, but no one's ever... You know, Chris Gillibo just finished this week visiting every country in the world, and I'm sure he wasn't immersed in any of them. 
but he's still done it and seen it, and that's still fine as well. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on what kind of travel you want to do as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll jump to the next story. Um, Kaylin, you brought, brought this one to us. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. s- somewhat amusing. Um, so, Samoan Air have uh, just changed their policy and they are charging plane ticket prices by weight instead of just the seats. Um, yeah, and I, I think this brought up a, a whole can of worms, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a bit different down here, though. So um, what do you guys think about this? Well, in Las Vegas and in Costa Rica, I've been weighed before getting on a plane before holding all my carry-on luggage. That's not new to me. But that was just so they could balance out the plane, and it was like a small, small plane. Um, but I wasn't charged any differently. And I think, I mean, I'm not a skinny, tiny, little size four girl, so of course I'm on the side of it being, oh, well, I'm going to get charged a lot more than everybody else. So that's probably one of the main reasons that I think it's ridiculous. And it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a form of discrimination in a way, and... I, I mean, I understand for them if they're small air, airplanes and they need it to balance out the plane, but just for cost, I don't know. Yes. I don't, I don't really like it, but people keep telling me that Samoa seems to be a country with larger people as well. So it's like a way to get the country to slim down in a weird way. I'm not sure. <laughs> it just seems really weird to me. And I hope I hope that other airlines don't follow suit, and I doubt that any of the big airlines will be able to. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they will. But on the other I'm hand, sure Ryanair would though. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, but on the other hand, um, say you're just a normal passenger and you've got you know three t-shirts. And you still have to pay ticket prices for 23 kilos of luggage when clearly you don't have that. So Well, I'm already, I know that I'm already sitting on a plane where every single one of us has paid a different price for our tickets. Some of us got sales, some of us had points, and some of us paid last minute and paid $1,000 with the person next to us pays 200 So I already know that we're not all, like it doesn't matter to me if we're paying fair, like, equal prices to each other. But I do, I do understand, like, for the bit luggage fees, you know, there's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, weight is weight, but I don't think, I don't think it's a good thing. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care. Well, I, care I, I think the, the, the problem that they're trying to solve, I don't think, is the, the weight issue with the fuel they just charge everyone a crazy amount and get over it and no one will know any better i think uh the backlash that come out is when people who are very tiny and they only say use half their seat because they're just so small and then they have someone who's you know just barreling over into their space uh that that i think is the the problem that they're trying to solve and no but that's also you if you're if you're doing that, then they make you buy two seats, right? Well, they they do, but when when that happens, then people will complain about it and refuse to do it, and, and then that's another backlash. But it, it's a, it was interesting on another website that I read this article on. 
the, the there are people that were saying, well, if I have to pay more, then I better be getting a bigger seat because I don't want to be crammed into a, a tiny seat. So I think maybe doing it by weight is a little bit you know, not the proper way to go about it, but airlines should be looking at having different sized seats and, you know, just say, okay, well, this is a bigger seat. It's going to cost more and deal with it. Well, and it's like that- it's like evolution. People have gotten bigger, and air, airline seats have stayed the same size. Oh, uh, they've gotten smaller. smaller. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, like, well, if you want to have an excuse to charge something, charge something that anyone would be willing to pay. Because a small person could buy the big seat too if they wanted to. You know, it's up to you, and you know, know full well what seat you can fit into. But since people are cheap, you're, there's always going to be an issue that's never going to get settled. Yeah, I think in the article they do mention the fact that they've got different sized seatings for the different people. So, I don't know. Yeah. And they do have... But, I mean, how are you... That's kind of silly, though, because how many large people and how many small people are you going to have on a flight? Then you can't have, you know, X amount of different people. Like, what if a whole football team wants to take the same flight? A bunch of sumo wrestlers. (laughs) Oh, that, that's going to happen. The, the, the thing is, the, it's the same with thing with the buying two tickets, Paul. So no one's going to ever buy two tickets. And then they get to the counter to check in, and the poor check-in person's like, you need to buy two seats. But, oops, sorry, we're, we're already sold out. So what do you want to do? I, um, I don't know if that happens. I mean, obviously, after the first time it happens, I'm sure that they know to buy two tickets from here on out. And they get a discount on the second one. I know that much. But I don't. I wonder if how many people don't get on planes because of that. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think they probably just get over it and suck it up and argue until they, until uh, the flight attendant who's flustered from dealing with jerks all day just says whatever, get on the plane. Well, no, it would be at the gate when you're checking your luggage. Like you can't even get through security until you had that decided. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah and well I don't know like you guys probably haven't seen a lot of Samoans um, they're usually fairly hefty well the, the lads are so a lot of them play uh, rugby union so you know in the article he's talking about 150 kilo um, and for some of them, that's quite easy. They're just 150 kilo of muscle. So, you know, on, on a small plane, that's going to make a... Because they only have, I think, what, 10-seater planes, I think the article was saying. So that's going to make a big difference if, you know, a few of them jump on. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can see how it's discriminatory... discriminatory um, sort of, but I can kind of see their side as well because, you know, that that's just what Samoans are, are like, most of them, or the ones that I've seen. Yeah, if, if it's a small plane like that, I understand it because that weight's going to really throw it off. But if it's like a big commercial jet, then that's silly. But that's not what Samoa Airlines is. But if the big airlines start doing that, it's crazy. Yeah. I reckon they should bring in a policy where um, if you're not carrying much luggage, you should get a cheaper price, though. 
Yeah, well, I always do carry on as much as I can. Yeah, but you still have to pay for your. Oh, I suppose it depends on the flight, but you know, so a lot of your international flights, you're paying for your luggage regardless. But if you have ten kilo of luggage or twenty three kilos of luggage, you're still paying the same price. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I, re- I really doubt that they're going to bring in that because it's just going to be too tricky. It'd be nice, though. Because, <laughs> yeah, I... Well, like everything, is there'll be, you know, if people start instituting this, then there'll just be another company that pops up that, that doesn't, or, you know, I, I, someone will see an opportunity and go, oh, well, okay, let's just have bigger seats and you know, hide it in our ticket price and, and not be stupid with our PR and, and hooray, we have customers now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only problem with there. They've got no other choice. That's yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tiny guy and, and I want bigger seats too just because I like having room. I'll, I'll pay for a bigger seat. I want a bigger seat. I would like to have partitions between me and the people that want to jab their elbow into me while I'm sleeping. Uh, <laughs> I hate our, our rest stealers. I'm I'm so excited for our, our flight to Paris. We are upgraded to business class because we used our frequent flyer miles. Nice. So me and Angie will be, be the only people in the row, and we'll have a divider between the two of us if we want. Oh, you'll have like a pod, right? Yeah, yeah it's going to be a little tiny pod. Nice. Better than a little tiny so, safe. Yeah. yeah. I flew to London once uh, from here, an overnight flight. It was like five, six hours in a pod. But they keep waking you up for food, though. Like, I was laid out flat, sleeping, and they keep like, want some, want some almonds, want some ice cream, want a dinner? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Get, going off on the tangent on this one, yeah, our flight's going to have, like, a five-course meal, an ice cream bar, an open bar, like, oh breakfast, and I'm like... It's a, it's like a six or it's a seven hour flight. I think I'm like, how how yeah. am I gonna even have time to do anything? It's awesome. Is it free? Oh yeah, it's all free in business class. Well, then just go nuts. Spend, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I dropped a hundred thousand airline miles and ten bucks to oh, get it. Oh god, and ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, ten dollars. <laughs> so just you know, stuff all the food into your pockets so you don't have to eat at all in Paris you'll be fine yeah. get your money back in um, flights to Australia you can walk to the back of the plane and get like pretzels and cookies and things like in between meals I always stuff those in my purse for later <laughs> I did not know that. but then, then again I've never done a flight all the way from Canada to Australia so yeah the long flights they give they have to give you food whenever you want it pretty much but um, Mike Richard from, no, was it, no, it was Alex Berger from Virtual Wayfair. He was on a flight the other day from Turkey to Denmark, and they wouldn't give him any water for free. They charged him for water. Whoa. It's like a Pegasus, Pegasus Airlines or something. It's like 2 $3 for a bottle of water. That should be illegal. That's like a necessity for life. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's illegal here, like in restaurants and cafes and stuff. 
if you ask for water, they have to give it to you free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was flabbergasted. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that kind of sucks for him. <laughs> 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 Couldn't he just go to the toilet and get it out of the sink? Well, they say no. that's not potable. Don't drink that water. <laughs> yeah, there's signs all over the place. That's a good I, I do. I do water engineering in my day job. Don't don't, don't drink that water. <laughs> uh, you'll only get sick once, right? Yeah, in that small bathroom. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Don't anyone drink that water, no matter what I say. <laughs> So the last story is um, about uh, Amadeus, I think, yeah, and uh, UNICEF uh, going into partnership um, doing a single-click donation system uh, while booking flights. So I think, I don't know if you guys have it here, but we have a system um, when we book through one of our um, companies, we can click to donate money to carbon... Um, offsetting or something like that um, so I think they're going to kind of do it the same except all money goes towards UNICEF so what do you guys think about the you know the idea of this well it's kind of like going to the grocery store and that checkout they're asking you to donate a dollar or two to make a wish foundation or something I think it's definitely a good way to try to get you know, money for UNICEF. And I've been on flights before as well. I think Air Canada. And they ask you, um, they say, if you have any foreign currency in your pocket, please drop it in this envelope and donate it to Make-A-Wish as well. So I've heard a lot of different airlines doing it different ways. I think it's pretty cool. I I think the execution of it's going to be the interesting part. Is it uh, it a click for $5, $10, you know? Any, any, as the higher you go, the less I think people are going to be inclined to, to say yes. Uh, if, if they changed it to, you know, they didn't, the article didn't say what the, the monetary amount was going to be, but, you know, a logical thing for me would, would be, okay, you, you, you purchased 1537. Do you want to roll that up to 16 and have the difference be uh, given to a charity or, or whatever? I'd, I'd probably say, yeah, whatever. But if it's like, do you want to donate $5 to UNICEF? No. I don't want to donate $5, but I'll, I'll roll my, my change up every time. So there's a lot of, of execution that could really sway how the project goes one way or another. That's true, because if you're trying to look for the cheapest flight possible to fly somewhere and you get a great deal and all of a sudden you all of a sudden you got this other $5 coming out and you're like, but the purpose of me getting this ticket was to not spend a lot of money, charity or not. That's yeah, true. Yeah. And, and and it'll you'll get money out of the OCD people who just can't stand the extra thirty seven cents or whatever <laughs> being rolled up. But I, I think I think asking people to roll up the next dollar and just donate a little is is a lot easier. You know, marketing psychology than saying, "Would you like to donate a dollar?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting how that goes. I see that all the time on on companies that ask if you want to donate, but I always seem to be the person who says, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. Well, it, it does say <laughs> micro donations. So 
I, I'm guessing it would be less than a dollar, but I don't know because I think we're gonna do it when um when you're booking flights. So yeah, I think it'll it'll probably just end up being a percent, like half a percent or something like that. I don't know, and you can click to opt in and pay it if you want or or not. So. I think um, there was two companies going to trial it. Um, I'll just try and find it. I think it was Qantas and somebody else. Um, Iberia. So I've never heard of them, but... Yeah, so I'll... You know, if it all goes well, I'll probably be the first out of us three to see it. So yeah. there's to get out of the country I have to fly Qantas so yeah I see, I see that on a lot of tour companies like you were talking about with the carbon offsets but uh, yeah I mean I, I hope it becomes more common it's just how, how do you do it because even asking people for a dollar I think you know it's just a dollar it's not that much yeah but I, I, it's it's a lot different just to stay do you want to donate a dollar? Do you want to five dollars? But it's it's easier just to say you know you you, you spent fifteen eighty five. You want to roll up to sixteen? Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, eighty five cents. You know, just rolling it up to the next common dollars. Easier to choke down, even if it is just a you know close to a dollar or a dollar. Then would you like to donate a dollar? Yeah, and I agree. Like I've seen the the carbon offset on, you know, whenever I've booked a plane ticket, um, I see it all the time and I don't think I've ever clicked it to pay the carbon offset. Cause I'm a oh, bad person. Oh, I have totally. You are a bad person. I am, <laughs> but I would click it for UNICEF. So <laughs> I'm not all bad. It's all karma. Whenever I see that and it's only like a dollar or two, I'm like, yeah, I'll offset my carbon footprint. Totally karma. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know what they actually do for that, though. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, I, <laughs> I think uh, Intrepid, I was looking at their policy, their guided tour company, I think, based out of Australia. You probably know them yeah. more than anybody. But I think they, what they do when they do their carbon offsets is that they are, like, financing wind farms in, like, Turkey or a country to generate electricity cleanly. So the money that they use, they generate a, they, they put that in to generate a, you know, the equal amount of carbon at a facility. Well, generate carbon's a bad term. Generate energy <laughs> cleanly to offset an equal amount. Yeah. Well, Intrepid are usually, um, as far as I can tell, really good with their policies like that, like yeah, the carbon offset and making sure the tool groups are small and keeping stuff local going back into the local economy and so but yeah I mean how many people like do you guys know how many people would fly in a year worldwide I have no idea I'm a planet yeah uh, a billion a lot <laughs> well, considering I was on about 50 planes last year just by myself um I was on 66 yeah, and hard. three helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because if you do, 
say if you're donating 10 cents for if it was a billion flights in a year that's I don't know is that 10 million dollars I can't work it out it's too late at night for me (laughs) yeah it's it's not going to cover it because airfare is so polluting it's all you would actually have to spend a fair bit of money on your flights to cover off your your carbon use and just for the amount of fuel that uh, a plane flight goes through so if, if uh, an airline wanted to do it for carbon offset rather than donating to Unisoft, it would be like, do you want to donate 50 or do you want to spend $50 to offset your fuel footprint? Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose if, if you're getting 10 cents, like if UNICEF would get 10 cents for every flight, then yeah, that's a lot of money that they can good. do stuff with. Oh yeah. That rounds up quick. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, I don't know, because um, I haven't really heard about Armadeus. I think they're a, a tech company, so they're going to help build the system to be able to do it, um, from what I can tell. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think if it actually gets rolled out well and, um, you know, it's an easy system and, yeah, they're not trying to get heaps off people, I reckon this will go really well. You know, UNICEF uh, can do a lot of good in the world from it, I hope. I would hope so. Hmm. But yeah. As, uh, as with all of those uh, one click things, you gotta, everyone's gotta be so sure to see how much the company that created the program gets of that cut, how much UNICEF overhead is, and how much of it actually goes to your project they're wanting to donate to yeah that's very true <laughs> that's that's the downside to things like that and most most every case is yeah do you want to donate a dollar okay but only 10 cents of that's going to actually go to helping somebody yeah mm-hmm. yeah which is a bit of a pity but I suppose it's the way it works it sucks. Yeah, well, it, it happens. You gotta, you know, it shouldn't deter people from from donating. But I would hope that when uh, airline companies and people wanting to institute such policies think about it, they pick the one that actually has the biggest bang for the dollar amount, and then they advocate that and advertise it as a means to get people to donate. Yeah. Oh, well, um, I don't know. They didn't say in the article how long it was going to take. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out on it and um, see if it starts popping up a bit more. I imagine it would take a, a while before they start implementing it. Yeah, I should uh, I should stop voicing my ideas. I'm not working for free for the airline companies on this anymore. <laughs> Um, well I think that's about it that's all the stories that we've got for today so (laughs) have you been waiting the whole hangout for that no not the whole hangout (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway uh, Kaylin where can people find you online you can find me on Twitter at Kaylin Hall 
find me online at travelyourself.ca or thetasteoftravel.com. And it's Kaylin O'Neill on Twitter, and then Travel Yourself on Twitter, and on Facebook, it's Travel Yourself and The Taste of Travel. <laughs> you forgot YouTube. And everywhere else. <laughs> and YouTube. YouTube.com slash Travel Yourself. Pinterest.com slash Kaylin O'Neill. Instagram.com slash Kaylin O'Neill. <laughs> And Jeremy, <laughs> I'll, I'll put I'll put a few links in the show notes, and you know you can just go out from there. Everyone, you can find her. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, where can people find you online? All right, uh, our main travel blog is Living the Dream, so it's at livingthedreamrtw.com. That's the letters RTW, like around the world. Uh, on Facebook, we're facebook.com/livingthedreamblog. And uh, we have several other websites in our network, but I won't list them all here because it'll take a while. But on, on Twitter, I'm uh, Living Dream RTW. Uh, so take out the, the word the just because Twitter limits the characters for your user accounts. So, uh, but if you if you just go to LivingTheDreamRTW.com, we got links to all that right at the top, and hopefully they'll be in the show footnote footnotes when uh, when this is live. Yep, and by the time this goes live, you'll be officially making your announcement, which will be good. Good timing. <laughs> yep, yeah, our, our announcement's coming out on Wednesday, so if you publish this on Wednesday, it'll be the exact same day that we release our itinerary. Well, I shouldn't say our itinerary. Our announcement comes on Wednesday. Our itinerary will be out on Friday. Awesome. Yeah, there'll be a slight difference because of time zone. If you if you can pay for it, you can come with us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pay for it. I can't afford that. <laughs> no. oh, I don't even think I can afford to get out of my country. Oh. <laughs> Not that you know Australia's great, so I'm happy to stay. <laughs> there's you know there's like really cheap flights to Fiji right now. Uh, well, that's where me and Hannah went for our honeymoon. So. That was the last place we went to. Not, but we should go back because we don't feel like we gave it much justice. We sat around by the pool. Did you have kava? Um, no, but I have had kava. Okay, you have to go back then. Well, I had kava when I was there when I was 12, so I've had kava before. <laughs> Different experience. <laughs> Very. <laughs> That was pretty much the last time I threw up. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they shouldn't be giving 12-year-olds cover. No. No. Well, that, you know, that was, what, uh, 17 years ago. They had no rules back then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Look forward to next time. Uh, so, again, if you uh, if you can't remember any of those websites, I'll I'll put them in the show notes for you as well. Well, that was my chat with Kaylin O'Neill from Travel Yourself and Jeremy Jones from Living the Dream RTW. Uh, so, thanks again to uh, both of those guys for coming on the show today. Uh, if you have any questions or feedback about anything that we talked about today or if you want to ask any questions on the podcast next episode, 
uh, you can send an email to podcast at weswanders.com uh, or as I mentioned all the links to the stories we talked about today will be in the show notes as well as details on where you can find Kaylin and Jeremy online um, to see that you can head to podcast.weswanders.com forward slash six because uh, this was episode six um, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Wes7, W-E-Z-7. Or you can become a member of the Wes Wonders Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Wes And again, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, please subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. And if you've got a spare moment, if you could give us a rating, that'd be great it's the best way for us to get uh, new listeners and for other people to see the podcast from itunes so until next episode happy traveling <laughs>